Good evening. Uh, this is Steve Vancura uh, from Bread of Life Bible Study. Uh, this is another Q&A lesson, questions and answers. Uh, we take uh, topics that are commonly asked about the Christian faith, particularly with related to the Bible, and uh, ask these. The, these come in little bite-sized uh, recordings. Uh, this, I'm going to say tonight's, or uh, this topic is, I would say, especially important. Very, very important. I think after you hear this, you may decide you want to hear it several times. And I would certainly recommend that because it brings uh, into perspective the Christian faith and how it relates to you and I personally, how we relate to others, how we relate to God, how we can recognize the devil when there he's trying to deceive us or bring fear and doubt shame, uh, that kind of thing. Um, in making this study, it really opened my eyes. Uh, so I just want to say I think it's a special study. Uh, the recording will be on the website, uh, breadoflifebiblestudy.org. Uh, um, and uh, so I'm going to begin uh, first with prayer, as we always do. Let's bow our hearts and our heads. Thank you, Father, for the word of life. Jesus said, uh, my words are spirit, and they are life to those that find them, Father. The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And Father, I just thank you. You speak to your people through the Word of God. The Word is ordained and inspired by the Spirit of God, and truly, truly, we cannot understand it except by your Spirit, revealing just like light from above uh, into our hearts to receive the revelation of you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so the topic tonight, I'm just going to say, is shame and condemnation are not from God. Remember, when we're born again, uh, you, the old man, which you might say is the sin nature, uh, is still active in the vast majority of Christians uh, uh, in what we call the carnal man. Now, some of the previous lessons we've talked about the natural man is a person who's not been born again, he doesn't know anything about God. Uh, a person who's born again, but still somewhat carnal is called the carnal man. And, and the flesh or sin nature can sneak up and bite him sometimes. Uh, but a person who's mature and has crucified the flesh is called the spiritual man. All right. So now we know from uh, the book of Genesis, there are so many principles there that are revealed to us. Uh, the Bible says when Adam and Eve were created, they were created perfect, all right? And it says they were both naked, uh, but uh, the man and his wife, but they were not ashamed, all right? Now, the serpent came and tempted Adam and Eve, or I should say deceived Eve, and she partook of the tree of knowledge of good and evil and then gave to Adam, and he partook also. Uh, but God had already warned them that the day that thou eatest thereof of this tree of knowledge of good and evil, that they would surely die. I like to call that tree the tree of death. But immediately the Bible says that they knew that they were naked. Uh, they were at naked and afraid. And so when God was coming around, they were running around trying to hide from God. They were naked, they knew it, and they were trying to sew together fig leaves to cover themselves. And so God said, well, who told you you're naked? And so it was obvious to God that they had disobeyed him and eaten of that tree of death. 
Now, as a consequence, uh, he, God uh, decreed certain consequences uh, to the woman, to the man, and to the serpent. And one of the things he said to the serpent, he said, you shall eat of the dust all the days of your life. Now, of course, Adam and Eve are made of the dirt, the dust. You know? So what this means is that in a spiritual sense, the devil has access to the sin nature. Uh, he cannot touch you, your spirit, for example, uh, except uh, affect you through the flesh, which is the sin nature. So when you are tempted by the devil, it's always the sin nature that responds. All right. Now, um, God, uh, you know, is a God of mercy, and so he, when um, Adam and Eve sinned, they were separated from God, and the um, so God then uh, killed two animals, two innocent animals. Uh, they paid the penalty, the penalty, I'm sorry, for Adam and Eve's sin because the, the penalty for sin is death. So God could have just wiped out Adam and Eve and there'd be no human race. But remember, God loves mercy. And so um, uh, mercy means that we are allowed or we can receive the benefit of a substitute. The substitute takes the penalty for our sin so that we don't have to. And so God... Uh, killed these two innocent animals and then skinned them and put the uh, made a tunic or a covering um, of the skin of that uh, animal uh, so that they could cover Adam and Eve, cover their nakedness so they could come back into the presence of God. All right. Now, when um, a child is growing up, you probably know, if, especially if you're a parent, when your kids uh, before what we call the age of accountability. The uh, kids don't even know or care that they're naked. You know, your little three-year-olds or two-year-olds or four-year-olds, they'll run all over the house or even run outside naked, and it doesn't bother them a bit. Uh, but there's something that happens. Once they get about the age of puberty or something, all of a sudden they're very aware uh, that they're naked. And uh, then if you walk in, the, walk in on them or something like that, they'll scream and yell and cover themselves. Uh, now, this corresponds to the period of time we call age of accountability when children become aware of what's right and wrong. Okay? So now really everything, everything that happened to Adam and Eve in the garden, we also replicate in our own lives in various ways. Okay? Uh, that uh, just Adam and Eve were given a choice to eat these trees, but uh, one particular tree said, don't eat that one. Well. Uh, we know that uh, God forbids certain behaviors, but human beings, just being they are what they are, uh, we end up doing the exact thing that God says, don't, don't do this. All right, so um, there's a uh, very interesting um, parable in the book of Matthew that I really like because it, it teaches so much, okay? And I'm going to read the parable. It's Matthew chapter 5, verse 2 says, agree with your adversary while you're on the way, lest your adversary deliver you to the judge, and the judge hand you over to the officer, and you be thrown into prison. You will by no means get out of there until you've paid the last penny. Now, the adversary, we know from like Peter, it says, your adversary, the devil, goeth about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. 
your adversary, your accuser, is the devil. Now, uh, notice that in Peter it says that he is seeking whom he may devour. Well, who determines whether he can devour me? Who, you know, what happens may? It doesn't say he always can. I am the one that uh, determines whether he can attack me and affect me or devour me uh, by how I respond to his temptations. Okay, so uh, the devil can't force me to do anything in spite of what people say. Uh, who was it? This particular fellow, I've forgotten who he, what his name, but he used to say, uh, the devil made me do it, okay? But the devil cannot make you do anything. Uh, if you do anything, it's like uh, Eve, she was first deceived. Um, the devil didn't force her to eat that tree of knowledge of good and evil. He just deceived her. Uh, and so she ended up doing it, all right? So this is the way the devil works. He comes in with um, uh, temptation, basically. And remember I said that the, what responds to temptation is always the flesh, the sin nature. So this little parable is a story in a sense that uh, the devil can come and tempt you. He, a devil knows which buttons uh, he can push with you. Maybe you've got a problem with lust. Maybe you've got a problem with pride. Maybe a problem with gossip. Maybe a problem with dishonesty. I mean, who knows? But, but what I'm saying, the devil can come and tempt you and tempt you and tempt you and tempt you to disobey God's law. Now, the second you do that, the second you do that, now all of a sudden he has a case against you. And so he can drag you into court. Now this is what this is talking about. Agree with your adversary quickly while you're on the way, lest your adversary deliver you to the judge, and the judge hand you to the officer and you be thrown into prison. So this is a court scene. This is a court scene. And the adversary, the devil, is the prosecuting attorney. And uh, he will tempt you to sin. Um, I mean, he will tempt and tempt and tempt. But the minute you disobey God and act on the flesh, then guess what you start feeling? Naked. You start feeling shame, condemnation. Uh, and uh, because that's what comes from the devil. Just like in the Garden of Eden, uh, they were naked and afraid, hiding from God, feeling naked. Uh, they felt corrupt. They felt filthy, dirty, you know, and, and that's what, what happens when the devil tempts us, all right? Uh, the flesh responds, and the Bible says the flesh is condemned already. So when we let the flesh take control and act on the flesh, then just like Adam and Eve, they were naked and afraid, and they were running from God. So this is the devil's design. He wants to cause you to disobey, and, and then bring uh, accusation, uh, shame, condemnation uh, to you. Put that in your mind and you think now that God's mad at you. He's no, he doesn't love you. He's not going to accept you. And we have a tendency, instead of running to God, we run from God. All right. Now, once the devil has a case against you, he drags you into court. Well, why would you have to go into the court? Because you broke a law. So uh, the devil then drags you into court before the judge. Now, uh, Jesus tells us in this parable, he says, you, we are to agree with our adversary. Well, what, what are we going to agree? Uh, well, we, you know, he's going to tell us 
you are a sinner. You sinned. You broke the law. You know, and, and uh, what Jesus is telling us is we need to agree. I'm guilty. I did it. You know, I'm guilty. Okay. So then when we become before the judge, our plea, the judge is always going to ask, well, how do you plea? You know, too many Christians uh, will not, if you don't confess your sins, then God cannot forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's the way this thing works. The, the devil, in a strange way, works for God. All right? So when we are tempted and the flesh comes up and we act on the flesh, uh, this is God's way of showing that I have certain strongholds in my life that He wants to cure. He wants to clean up. And, and the only way He can do that is first show me it's there. To show me that button that the devil pushed, all right? And that I responded to it. So the first thing I have to do is admit it. I have to confess I'm guilty. And, but once, as soon as I say I'm guilty, I confess my sins, then the uh, uh, defense attorney, who is Jesus Christ the righteous, okay, he can step forward on my defense. And uh, what he'll tell the judge is, judge, uh, I've already died for the sins of this person. And my blood cleanses him from all unrighteousness because he has admitted his guilt. And that's what I'm here for, to clean and cleanse sinners. And so the judge, knowing now that the penalty has been paid for, he takes out his gavel, pounds it on the bench, and he says, he decrees you as not guilty. Not guilty. Now, so the devil now, his power over you is broken. It's broken. All right, so... Um, God allows all of these temptations all through life. Uh, we are going to be tempted and tried. And this is God's way of teaching us to grow up, to learn to fight the devil. Uh, same thing And when you join the military, uh, the soldiers that you are supposed to be trained to fight. Uh, well, the best way to learn how to fight is to be thrown into a fight. All right. So. Um, and that's exactly what God is doing. He, he allows, in fact, He even decreed, remember, to the serpent that all of the days of His life that He has access to the dust, which is the flesh of man. So um, when we're tempted and tempted and tempted like these things, each time we get knocked down, we admit our sin, um, and uh, we go to court, in a sense, we're accused, but uh, as long as we confess our sins, then the grace of God comes and the blood of Christ cleanses us and we are restored. Uh, that's what the scripture is talking about when it says, Though a righteous man falls seven times, yet he will rise again. Rise again. Now you and I, we've all been knocked down a lot of times. and We've had to humbly come to God and, and admit our guilt. You know, in order to maintain our relationship with God. Otherwise, we, we end up running from God and then he can't help us. Um, so remember this, okay? When the devil comes in and causes us to fall in some way, don't run from God, we run to God. Don't run from God, we run to God. All right. There's a scripture in Revelation where it says, the accuser of the brethren... All right, the accuser, remember, that's the devil. The brethren are those that are born of uh, Christ, okay? It says, who, the, the accuser of the brethren 
accused them before our God night and day. But in, Gen in Revelation 12 it said, He has been cast down. And they, Christians, overcame him, Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. All right, now that, what is this temptation all about? The purpose of this temptation, the trials and difficulties and tribulations we go through, is, is for us to learn to fight the good fight of faith, to take hold of the eternal life to which we're called. Each time we fail and every time we obey God, we get back up and we learn to say no to the flesh. We learn to uh, walk in faith, walk in by the Spirit so that we do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. All right. Now, um, I'd like to cover a little story. What is it that um, repentance, repentance, um, the Bible said is the it is the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. Um, thank God that it's the devil that's the accuser. It's not God. God always, always, His arms are always wide open. The devil will deceive us into thinking that God, you know, if I fail, He didn't want to talk to me anymore. You know, I missed it bad. You know, we see stories about this in the scriptures, about Peter, for example, when he denied Christ three times. Uh, but uh, Peter was the first disciple that, uh, after Jesus rose from the dead, he came to restore Peter. And uh, just as Peter had denied him three times, he had Peter confess his love uh, for Jesus three times in a row to undo those, those words that he had said. All right. Now, but it's the love of God, the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. All right. Uh, it's not God that's the accuser. Now, you remember the story uh, about this woman who was caught in adultery, all right? This was Mary uh, from whom Jesus later cast out seven demons. Now, let's just go over this story a little bit and see how Jesus handled that. Here's this woman caught in adultery. And uh, Jesus comes on the scene there and all these Pharisees and these people are you know, uh, standing there, they got big stones or rocks in their hands and they, uh, because the law, you know, said that, you know, a person who commits adultery, that's, that's a, a, a sin deserving of, of, you know, a penalty of death. All right. So they're asking Jesus, what should we do? What should we do? Now, remember, they're uh, coming based on the law. Now, what is the law about? The law killeth, but, the, uh, but it is the uh, but the, uh, I'm sorry, let's see. The law killeth, uh, but grace restores life, okay? Uh, the law came through Moses, but grace and truth come through Jesus Christ, okay? And, and when we live in grace, we're no longer under the law. Now, let's just see what happens here. So this woman is caught in adultery, and, and uh, these guys are standing there, and they're, they're ready to throw the rocks and put this girl to death. Now, the girl, what's she feeling? Accused. Man, she's feeling filthy. She feels awful. She been, was caught in the act. You know, so she's convicted, condemned, uh, you know, because the devil got her to, to, to do this act, and now she's reaping the consequences from the accuser. All right? Now, notice that these Pharisees, what are they doing? They're doing what the devil does. Accuse, accuse, okay? Um, and so let's keep that in mind. Sometimes Christians 
we can be accusers, actually doing the devil's work, accusing and judging others who are in the body of Christ. You don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Okay, so Jesus, uh, here's all these guys standing there, and he does something strange. He kneels down and he starts writing in the dirt, in the dust. Okay, uh, we don't know what he wrote or what, what happened, but it was strange because as he was writing in the dirt with his fingers, one by one, those Pharisees or the accusers left. They left. I got a feeling he was writing the names of girls or women or something like that that one of what these guys had committed adultery with themselves. So in other words, they were guilty of the same um, sins that they were accusing this woman of. All right. So, uh, but anyway, as he wrote in the dirt one by one, they all disappeared. They ran off. And so uh, Jesus stands up, there's the woman there, and, and uh, Jesus says, Woman, where are your accusers? Where'd they go? Uh, has no one condemned you? And she said, Not one, Lord, no one. And Jesus says, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Now this is the same woman who later on uh, spent a large amount of money to to buy Spinacard. Spinacard, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but a very expensive uh, perfume anointing. And that uh, prior to Jesus' crucifixion, uh, she anointed Jesus' feet and wept, wept tears of joy, you know, wiped these tears off of his feet, uh, you know, with her hair. She was so in love with Christ because he was merciful to her. Remember, it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance, okay? That's, it, it basically, you know, she was so committed to him because of his kindness, his goodness, that she became very faithful, all right? And, and the same is true for us. Remember, it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. And, and uh, says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And, and that's... Um, that's a principle. The more we understand the goodness and mercy of God, uh, the more committed we become to Him. We fail over and over again, and yet every time He will restore us and, and uh, uh, forgive us, and we grow more and more. He strengthens us. But the key to that is don't let the devil's condemnation or accusation keep us from God. We always don't ever run from God, run to God, all right? So we are in a war, but this war is spiritual, all right? This is a spiritual battle. Uh, Ephesians tells us we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and rulers of darkness and spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Demons, okay? Uh, remember we, we've said God works through people whose hearts are yielded to Him. Satan works through people whose hearts are yielded to Him. All right. Remember the one time Jesus is talking about going to the cross and Peter suddenly starts arguing with Jesus and said, that ain't going to happen. No, Lord, that's, that's not, not going to happen. And Jesus turned to Peter and says, get thee behind me, Satan, for you have not in mind the things of God, uh, of God, but of man. So here's Peter. He's an apostle. But somehow Satan put this thought in his mind and, and uh, started talking through Peter contrary to the plans of Jesus, uh, and talking for Satan. But Jesus recognized that. 
He, he didn't say, Peter, get thee behind me. He said, Satan, get thee behind me. Because Peter was speaking for Satan. Now, you and I can do that too, okay? And, and just like uh, the devil is the accuser, did you know Christians are often the, the most prominent accusers of one another? All right? Jesus one time said, uh, he said, Judge not, lest ye be judged. In the same way you judge others, you yourself will be judged. And, and, and the Bible says that God desires mercy, uh, not judgment. Uh, that we always reap what we sow. If we give love, then, uh, then God gives us love back. You know, if we love others, then we reap love in that sense. All right? And the whole kingdom of God is all about love. The Bible says love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, it does not parade itself, it's not puffed up, it does not behave rudely, it does not seek its own or get offended, it thinks no evil, uh, it does not rejoice in iniquity, but it rejoices in the truth. All right? Paul said we are to judge no one after the flesh. All right? It says, if anyone is caught in a sin or in, in a trespass, let those who are spiritual go and restore him gently. Well, the spiritual guy is the guy who has grown spiritually so that he no longer has a log in his eye and he can now see clearly to help this individual take the speck out of their eye. But so much of the time, it's when we're in the flesh, we can get in the flesh, and judge others, accuse others, uh, just like those Pharisees did in this woman. They did the same thing, and yet they were accusing this woman. And they were literally, they were doing the job of Satan as the accuser. So you and I need to be very, very careful that the devil doesn't use us to accuse or gossip or speak bad of, uh, backstab or anything like that of other, other individuals. So, but always Love, because love conquers all. Now abideth faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. All right, well, let, think about, meditate on, on these principles. Uh, love conquers all. Uh, if you feel any condemnation, um, naked and afraid, just like the, in the garden there, I can promise you that is not God. God... Uh, Paul said, there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. So these principles, these spiritual principles can set us on the rock, the rock of our salvation. And the Bible says we are more than conquerors. But we have to learn that sometimes one lesson at a time. So... Um, Ponder on these things, and as I say, you might want to listen to this tape uh, two, three, four times. Jot down some notes, put it into practice, and go out and love somebody. Love God, run to Him, not from Him. Uh, so, all right, I'm going to close with a prayer and uh, wish blessings over you. Paul um, always spoke a benediction. Benediction is a Greek word that means a spoken blessing. And he would say, grace and peace be unto you through God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So I, I speak and 
grace and decree grace over you. That's the power of God. And it brings the peace of God that passes all understanding. So grace and peace, power and the overcoming presence of God uh, abide in you now and forever. And I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.